Spies Ring Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hall. With me is, as always, my co-host. Patrick Terry. And look at us. Look at you, man. You got headphones on and everything. Yeah. You're really rocking this. You got your <laughs> got your mic, your windscreen, and some headphones. Yeah, to... the speakers on this laptop were bad, so I was kind of tired of trying to enhance my natural hearing. Yeah. So I was like, let me get some headphones. Since I can't use my Bluetooth because it creates all kind of crazy interference. Yeah, I finally got around to ordering some headphones. So, okay, here we go. Well, you're looking very stylish. All right. I feel like you need. I, I feel like I should say, uh, Patrick Terry on the ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> wicked, 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 wow, wow. Right. <laughs> oh mercy. Hello, my friend. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah. As it, we were talking about earlier, it's been a week. <laughs> it has been a week and a year. Or it's been a year in a week. Yeah. <laughs> feels like yeah. yeah. A month feels like a decade, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Year feels we're like now, we made it through May. Now we're in level six of Jumanji. Yes. I've seen that one too. <laughs> yeah. And we are halfway through the decade. I mean year, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so five years in. <laughs> yes. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, what a week. Yeah. Mm. So what um, is it? Um, not really. Other than getting my new headphones, um, I bought a bought my, myself and my daughter headphone through eBay. I mean, a headphone, new new iPhone through eBay. Okay. So I have I have yet to set hers up. She went home. Her birthday yesterday was was yesterday. Oh, She's fourteen now. Fourteen. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. That's amazing, bro. I mean, I hate it for you, but I love it for her. <laughs> yeah. Freshman in the Happy fall. Belated for sure. <laughs> right. Um, so she went home yesterday to be with her mom. She'll be back sometime today, but I'll probably be at work. Um, but yeah, so I noticed on the phone I got, the ear speaker is real low. So I ordered some a new earpiece, and I got one for her just in case hers is low. And I'm going to try this week to replace it on my own. So we'll see how oh, that you goes. Can, you can try and do some handiwork, huh? Yeah. We'll, we'll, well good see. Good luck. I right. mean, <laughs> my journey with handiwork lately has been about, that's actually not been too bad, 70 30. Okay. <laughs> it's not bad. No, no. So, like, for the last month or so, I've been watching all kind of YouTube videos on how to do it. And I'm like, okay, I think I can go ahead and order stuff. I think I'm close to being ready to tackle it. Gotcha. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, I don't mess it up any worse. Um, <laughs> you know, try to fix that problem. Yeah, and I can't wait for you. Right. <laughs> These wood chairs. Yeah. So should be I, fun. I like tinkering sure. with stuff. I like tinkering with stuff too, but just yeah. things that aren't twelve hundred dollars phones. Right. right. <laughs> as long as I'm very, very careful, it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must have silence. Right. Right. No talking. No. Have put, your Jeopardy. put your headphones on and you'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> Just stay focused. Uh, but other well, than that, that's about it. You know, okay. like I said, I watched some bad movies. You know, a yeah. couple I kind of knew they were bad going in, so it was my fault. And then on you. <laughs> and one that looked good from the trailer, but yeah, it turned out to be almost decent. But not quite there. But it was like maybe two performances that were okay. 
but we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a heavy week for me. Um, just a lot of things just occurring. Um, you know, I've had a couple of bright moments during the week. Um, Saturday, well, uh, two days ago, we had Grayson's pre-K graduation drive, drive up, drive through, whatever you want to call it. It was in the parking lot. Um, graduation. So that was nice. She had a blast and now she's just right back. You know, she's back there today. It's like, (laughs) it's like, uh, but it was nice. No, it was, it was good. Um, it was good. Um, it was nice yesterday to watch Grayson, uh, to watch my son teach her how to play Fortnite on Xbox. Well, with the Xbox controller. Right. And apparently she's, you know, she's for five, she's doing not too bad. Um, okay. Yeah. I tried playing last night and I was screwing up. And then, you know, Ruth's like, do you want Grace? Should Grayson play for do you? Think she's like, do you want Grayson to play for you? And then she reaches over her hand, like, here, hand me the controller. Like, wow. Ruth, not Ruth, Grayson does. Grace. Wow. Grace, like, here, I'll take, I'm like, oh, oh, y'all think you're funny. <laughs> I was like, get the hand away. Yeah. <laughs> I got this. But yeah, it was, I was like, I mean, that was pretty funny. Um, But, you know, between, between the virus nonsense mm-hmm. and then, um, the unfortunate, you know, just senseless, needless, I mean, just, it was tragedy what happened to George Floyd. Yeah. As someone that's been in law enforcement for, this is technically 16 years, I guess will be in December. <clears throat> it was really hard for me. I mean, I know it's hard for a lot of people. Right. And it's hard. I mean, it's, there's no way I'm going to be able to try and even remotely understand um, the thoughts and feelings of the African American community, I can only empathize and sympathize with what's going on. It's and it's ridiculously hard for me as somebody in the law enforcement to even remotely, in any way, be able to even try and justify in any way what happened. Because right. there's no, there's no, there was no reason for it. I mean, to have your, there's never a reason to have your neck, your knee on someone's neck for even five seconds, much less nine minutes. Yeah. There is a technique. If you have somebody down that's not handcuffed, there is a technique where you put your knee into their shoulder blades in the back, but that's right. only while you're trying to, to get their arms out to put them in handcuffs. Granted. This is for someone that has broken the law, that is a threat to society, that is that you need to get handcuffed and put into a patrol car. Right. There is zero need for when they are already handcuffed. Right. You put them, you, once you get them handcuffed, you get them off their stomach immediately or in, when it's safe to do so because there's an, if there's another threat around, but there is no other reason to do that. Right. Once yeah. it's, once once they're handcuffed, assist them up, help them up. Don't be an asshole. Help them up. Even if they are being an asshole, help them up. And then you get them safely into patrol car. And then if they want to kick and throw a fit, that's on them. They're hurting themselves. That's fine. Right. 
But there's the action of that asshole cop pretty much then made it worse for all the good officers out there that are trying to do good. They are trying to help the public that want to be there to protect people and to assist them with everything. And all it took was one asshole cop to fuck it up for all the rest of the good officers. Yeah. All right. I think I feel better because I've I haven't I haven't talked about it really with anybody. Um, partly because I don't feel this is it's one of those things you feel for someone in my shoot you know in my position I feel I don't want to say awkward about talking about it. I feel right. like this is not my conversation to have. It kind of it is, but not as much as it is for others. Yeah. So from for me, my role is just to be there for support. And assist in any way I can. But yeah, it's, you know, my heart's been heavy about that issue, about, and yet I'm all for protests. I don't, looting, I'm not, looting, I'm against. I I haven't gotten, I can't get on board with that. That's still, I mean, it's still a criminal act. I can't, I I get being upset, protest, protest the hell out of it. Like, um, when you get into looting, that, that, that's your that's misplaced you're misplacing your your anger i think but that's my just my opinion yeah i was watching someone snap and they basically there's three categories you have the protesters the rioters and the looters rioters and looters wrong for what they were doing it seemed like the protesters were really just trying to get their voice heard they weren't trying to physically do anything they weren't trying to you know burn anything down but you know, there's a lot of controversy about who was really doing that. Yeah, I've seen Some three different stories. Uh, what yeah. was it? I think it was Louisville. Uh, 100% of the people that they've arrested were from out of the state. They weren't even right. from Kentucky. Right. Or, or no, I mean Minneapolis. Sorry, 100% from Minneapolis. Uh, I think Louisville was 70%. Yeah. Was uh, the statistic, or from what, what the police had put out. Uh, 70% of the people they arrested uh, were not even from the state. So yeah. I think people were being brought in to instigate. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories yeah. and bullshit like that. That's not, that's, yeah. I don't deal with that. I deal with just facts and statistics and science-based evidence, you know, per the usual. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be another thing that will be looked into. Um, luckily... They've at least arrested the person that set the Nashville courthouse on fire. Um, or at least one of the two people. I think they're yeah. still for the other. So that's yeah, good. A, okay. And it was a yeah. white dude. So shocker on that one. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, but the protesting, like the protest itself was peaceful, like from the pictures I've seen. Yeah. And then, you know, pe- the riding and looting down in Broadway wasn't even anything to do with the actual, pro- you know, was nobody from the actual protest. No, so they had a rally before that, and then yeah. the protests, and then yeah, that stuff happened. Yeah, so yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and then to kind of add more to that, uh, got word this week that uh, so my they put they put my grandfather in hospice, mm-hmm. my mom's dad, um, a week a week ago, almost a week, almost a week ago, um. And then I got word a couple of days ago that um, that he's yeah it's not looking good. 
um, that he's like uh, he's down to like 90 pounds or whatever. Uh, so oh. he's so we're you know so that's because I got I'm gonna have to explain that to the kids and I <clears throat> this one's gonna hit hard for me so it's gonna be I haven't really been able to <clears throat> figure out how I'm gonna talk to them about it or anything. Um, Grayson probably won't deal with it as roughly as uh, York pro- probably will. I mean, York, I think it'll take it a little bit tougher because he's older yeah. and had more time with him. Um, I don't think Grayson understands death really as, you know, as what we talked, what I talked about last week with the uh, hedgehog funeral. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure how she's going to, I don't know. So, uh, so I've, there's been a lot going on. So thankfully, um, I've still been able to watch movies because everybody needs a distraction. Right. And, uh, so I've been doing that and, um, we're still fixing up Grayson's room for her princess bedroom. So, uh, swapped out bed sets, got a couple things, put some pictures up. So that's helped. Um, we're in new soundproofing. So the, uh, that arrived the other day. So I'll be working on our, our new podcast studio whenever we can, finally reconvene right to do so and uh hopefully to have that done here before too long um and that's about it um yeah spend time with kids losing at Fortnite, <laughs> <laughs> apparently um so with that being said uh let's uh let's kick it into movies uh boy it's my turn so <clears throat> the first thing i'm going to talk about i was i thought about talking about last week and I had said, you know what? I'm just going to hold this one over till next week. Cause why not? Um, yeah. cause I wanted, cause like I said on the last episode, I really wanted to kind of, I really wanted to delve into, I kind of wanted to do some, re- some research so we kind of get a bigger idea, um, as to what's going on or what, what all happened there. Um, First of all, so the movie, first movie is Spaceship Earth. It's on Hulu. It is, it's got a runtime of one hour, 53 minutes. It feels every bit of two hours because there's some parts that kind of lag. But it is extremely fascinating. Um, So obviously it's a documentary. Um, It's the true stranger in fiction adventure of eight visitors who in 1991 spent two years quarantined inside a self-engineered replica of Earth's ecosystem called Biosphere 2. The reason why it's called Biosphere 2 and not Biosphere 1 is because they considered the Earth to be the first biosphere. So so they called it Biosphere 2. The experiment was a worldwide phenomenon chronicling daily existence uh, in the face of life-threatening ecological disaster and a growing criticism that it was nothing more than a cult. The bizarre story is both a cautionary tale and a hopeful lesson of how a small group of dreamers can potentially reimagine a new world. So all this started with a bunch of theater people, mm-hmm. theater hippies, really, that kind of, uh, you know, in the, in the 70s kind of built a commune, you know, decided to live together in a commune. And they were led by uh, John Allen, who was kind of like their leader like he didn't choose to be a leader just kind of just wound up that way 
Um, and like all these people that were in this comedy had like nicknames. Like John mm-hmm. Allen's uh, nickname was Johnny Dolphin. I haven't figured. They didn't explain the nicknames. They just kind of went with it. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Augustine, um, whose nickname was Firefly. Um, yeah. And then uh, William Dempster, whose nickname was Freddy. Like, it's, seriously, this is like no rhyme or reason to these. Yeah. Um, then uh, Marie Harding, a.k.a. Flash. Like, there's <laughs> like, there's like, like almost like they drew names out of a hat or something. Yeah. Anyways, um, they had this vision. They watched this this cheesy like B movie, in which uh, oh, I already forgot the name of it. This, they watched this cheesy B movie that uh, that showed life on a spaceship where this guy was having to take care of an ecosystem because it was a you know it was a con- you know like at least good sci-fi, even though this one's good sci-fi, most good sci-fi is commentary on, on society. And, um, and so they, uh, they thought that that was a good idea. What, what would happen if they could actually make that, can make that real. So they'd started developing plans and with the help of a, of a guy who ended up being like the, uh, his name was Ed Bass who's i guess air he's like the middle i want to say like the middle child of a of an i think it's an oil or coal fa- uh, family so he he's got money so he backed okay. the project and that's where they got the money to build this thing and so they built you know they took and they built it like nobody like they got funding to help build it but they were like these people were all part of the process right of building it <clears throat> So they, and they showed that, and there's a ton of archival footage because they filmed everything, mm-hmm. and they filmed uh, the entire time they were in there. They were filming, um, like even before they did this, back when they were building a commune, they had one, they had somebody filming stuff. So right. and they also had, so it's not our all archival footage; it's interviews too. And this documentary is so fascinating. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hold on. Give me a second. All right. I'm, time for a drink. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, by the way, it's coffee with, um, I got the Cinnabon creamer. So that's all right. Okay. All right. Yep. Um, let's see. So Biosphere 2 was a $150 million futuristic facility near the aptly named town of Oracle, Arizona. Um, the goal was to spend those two years studying how a mini biosphere complete with wilderness areas, a farm, and a group of humans would work with as few outside inputs as possible. Um, a privately funded venture, Biosphere Tier, had three main goals, education, eco-technology development, and learning how well our, our eco, uh, how well the eco-lab worked. Um the crew consisted consisted of uh, of a multinational tribe, five Americans, two Brits, one Belgian. There were four men and four women. They included a botanist, a marine biologist, and a physician. And um, the, so I'm borrowing from a I did some research on a story called Biosphere Two: What Really Happened, 
mm-hmm. uh, written by Mark Nelson. Uh, so if I go into Wheeze, that's it's it's his <laughs> it's his voice, I guess. Um, but I actually looked up an article to kind of delve deeper, and then use my fancy highlighter and highlighted stuff. Uh, basically, he man- uh, Mark Nelson managed the wastewater recycling system and assisted in ecological and agricultural research. Um, so the planning and construction of Biosphere Two took uh, took seven years to uh-huh. you know for it to kind of you know from idea to physical ready to go. Uh, the wilderness biomes included a rainfor- rainforest with a 25 foot waterfall a grassy treed savanna, a desert, fresh and saltwater wetlands, and with uh, mangrove trees and a coral reef in a 25-foot deep, 150-foot long ocean, the source of uh, the source of the table salt. <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, the engineers faced huge challenges. They had to replicate many of Earth's uh, free services, such as ocean waves. They used vacuum pumps. Uh, they had to ensure each biome had correct temperatures and rainfall amounts, desalinate uh, water, collect and circulate water, treat wastewater, strip uh, strip our air of traces of gases, and even create mild breezes. <clears throat> so in September 26, 1991, they entered the uh, entered Biosphere 2 to begin the experiment. Farming took up to 25% of their waking time, research and maintenance, 20%, uh, writing reports, 19 cooking, 12%, biome management, 11 animal husbandry, 9%. That sounded creepy, the way that, how they worded that, I'm like, right. what do you mean animal husbandry? Right. <laughs> but I, knew what they, I, I hope I knew what they meant. Um, spent the rest of their time doing meeting interviews and handling miscellaneous matters. They grew, they grew their own food and raised and slaughtered livestock, uh, worked in labs, maintained equipment, spent time in living quarters. Uh, growing good, nutri- nutritious food was a top priority, requiring everyone to work uh, three to four hours a day for five days a week. Um, nobody had come from farming background, which hmm. seems like that would be somebody you would kind of want to get. Right. Because <laughs> they didn't have YouTube in 1991, so it's not like they just look up. That's or do true. video chat or do video chats. Um, Basically trial and error. <laughs> yeah. So um, they did raise um, a species of small pigs, pygmy goats, variety of chickens, a scrappy Mexican breed, uh, elegant Japanese silkies, and bantams. I almost I almost read it as bantas <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, the, they did have some uh, tilapia fish, but that's a um, dozen species of tropical fish. So trying to kind of, I don't want to bore people with it, but they did have uh, one doctor who was monitor, who monitored their caloric intake and daily and gave frequent medical tests, um, called our high-protein, low-calorie meals a, quote, healthy, healthy starvation diet. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so it's kind of just, that's kind of the gist. Uh, There's a lot more into it. I'll post the article on our page. If anybody find, you know, is interested and wants to read it, I'll, uh, I'll post the link on our, on our group page, but the, 
it's very interesting because it's it goes into how the relationships with the people on there, the the squabbles that you know are going to end up happening between the people inside the biosphere and the people outside the biosphere. Because people right. inside the biosphere are not having to deal with, they don't have a TV, so they're not dealing with, they're not having to deal with the what's going on as far as the criticisms or, you know, the having to deal with the press and all that and the media attention. Right. They're locked in there. Um, they did have a, a phone where guests could come up and like they could have family members come up to the exterior of the building, pick up a phone, talk to them. It kind of looked like they were in jail. <laughs> what it reminded me of, because they're both picking up a phone on yeah. the either side of a window and talking. Okay. So, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of humorous there, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, they finished, they end up facing some uh, challenges and um, had two different incidents that tested the integrity of the, uh, well, the integrity of their research, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, I definitely think this is a fascinating watch. One, because I'm about 30, 45, I was about 45 minutes into the movie. I go, this is going to start out as a, uh, as a movie about this place but it's going to end up being about a cult. I could feel it already. I said, cause these people are acting, acting pretty cultish. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very culty movie. Okay. Um, but I would, yeah, it's, but it's fascinating. And I vaguely, like I'm watching these news reporting the archival footage and the news reports going, I think I vaguely remember this. Okay. Cause I would have been in seventh, eighth grade when this came out. Um, so yeah, it, it uh, it's interesting. Or September, yeah, I would have been uh, eighth grade year because I had just moved to Missouri then. Okay. Uh, well, first year I was in school in Missouri, I guess I should say. Moved there a few months earlier, but yeah. Um, it's but it's interesting. I would watch it. It's on Hulu. It's it it. There can't be a few times where it's a little dry. Um, right, right. I don't. It's not has nothing to do with the desert. <laughs> desert biome <laughs> but it uh it's yeah it's but it is fascinating though it is a fascinating watch just um university of, of uh, arizona now runs the biome but there's a scene towards the end where they're having basically the people that owned it um it gets i don't want to say bought out but it gets re remanaged and then a name pops up you're going wait is this the same dude as from now and you're like oh shit it sure is yeah, but i don't yeah. want to spoil it. but it's it's a it's a cameo nobody wants <laughs> 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 but it's the but he's there i'm like oh joy um <laughs> and it's not who who you think it is if you're with um anyways so the second one i watched uh watched yesterday because i was um i was really fascinated because I'd want to watch, I uh, I guess it's documentary week for me. Um, so I watched the documentary of Bluebird, which is based on the Bluebird Cafe here in Nashville. Okay. Green right. Hill specifically. Um, so this documentary was actually entered the Nashville Film Festival last year when I, when I uh, was actually working or volunteering to work there. And um, I think I very briefly talked about it so uh it was 99 cents on itunes 
for rent. So I'm like, all right, shoot, yeah, I've been wanting to watch this. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh, for people that don't live in Nashville or don't know much or just don't pay attention to country music. Um, the Bluebird Cafe basically it's the origin of like megastars like Garth Brooks and Taylor Swift while following emerging singer songwriters as they chase their dreams inside the Bluebird Cafe. Nashville's uh, accidental landmark that has altered the course of music history. The Bluebird Cafe is a place that if you drive by, you're like, oh, that's it? Because it's not very big. Okay. It's a small little, it's a small little billy, or billy, <laughs> small little building in a strip mall. Here, I'll get my twang on while I'm at it. Um, it's just another building in a strip mall. It's next to a barbershop and a dry, and a dry cleaners. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it, this documentary is chock full of celebrities, musicians that have played there, got their start there, while also showcasing um, what it's like to try to try out for the Sunday, for like the Sunday showcase, and they take like 65 applicants, and to try out, just to try and make it, you know, just try to, just trying to make it to the to uh, perform on the show Sunday nights. It's very fascinating to watch the history of it because it didn't start out as a country music like singer songwriter uh, showcase. It's it started out just as a bar, you know, right. it's a bar with a place to, you know, with live music and they played like loud music, just loud. And then it was just, you know, with bar food. And then uh, they brought on somebody that has just kind of showcased kind of kind of tried just something, tried a different mood and then kind of went on from there. And then they started showcasing country music. And then, you know, just as time went on, um, it kind of evolved and it's just really fascinating. And to watch these, these artists tell their personal stories about how they got either got their start there or they went and watched somebody there. And then that's how they got signed on. I mean, it talks about Faith Hill um, more or less getting noticed there. Um, Taylor Swift kind of getting her start there. Garth Brooks um, played there one night, and then the next day uh, he got it. He signed on with Capitol Records. Like they, the guy from Capitol Records was at a show at the Bluebird and watched him perform. And this is after he had been rejected by every label out there. And uh, the guy at Capitol was like, you know, we made a huge mistake. And then they went back to the kitchen and basically struck a deal. The next day, he signed the paperwork with a with Capitol Records for his, uh, you know, to sign on with them. Wow. So, yeah, it is a fast. I, I'm not. I wasn't a country music person before moving to Nashville. I listened to it a little bit in high school, like in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. but not a lot. I only listened to it because my friends did. So I'm like, all right. And so it was never really my jam. Um, moved here, it kind of becomes like you can't really escape it. Like you at least know who people are, whether you whether you know their songs or not. Um, so I've listened to I've listened to exponentially more now than I ever did before. Um, it's still not my main music that I listen to, but I do listen to some. And I really, you know, just as a documentary as a whole, 
it is just fascinating. It's just fascinating to um, experience, and it's beautifully shot. Like I, uh, Ruth and I watched this together yesterday morning, and while we're watching, or as soon as it was over, I go, "That was." I said, "That turned out to be really good." She goes, "Yeah, yeah, it sure did." I said, "It's beautiful to look at." Like the, I don't know what I said. I don't know what camera they used, but I'm kind of wanting to know because it is what the it is the. I don't know if it's like 4K or what, but it was beautifully shot. It's just crisp, clear, and just vibrant. Like it's, yeah, it's shot really well. Um, especially for a documentary, it's got like a more of a professional sheen to it, I guess. I don't know how to best describe it, but it's just beautiful to watch too. And there's a lot of good music. They they show people performing as well. Um, I mean, they don't perform like whole songs, but you. You get you know enough of an idea, and the songs become part of a character in the in the documentary, which is also cool because it's you know it's very well integrated into it. Um, I would definitely recommend watching this uh, for sure, even if you're not into country music. It's still if you're if you're like a person that appreciates music, or you know just a music appreciation, or even just music history into that, or if you're you know live in Nashville and you're like yeah sure why not. I would I would try and seek this out. It's it's definitely worth the watch. Um, but yeah, those are my two. Alrighty. Well, I've got quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, with this week going on, I guess my thing to cope was watch bad movies. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's the best thing to do. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I watched um review of this movie and it kind of inspired me to watch it to see if it's as bad as they were saying and yeah it kind of was <laughs> um so have you heard of the production company called the asylum um i don't think so all right so the only thing that they've released that i've liked was the show z nation which i didn't know they did okay until I've heard now. That. I've, i have yeah. heard of that at least yeah so until till then i thought they just put out crap because <laughs> apparently gotcha. they so apparently they did their own version of onward they called it homeward i haven't watched that i don't think i'm gonna watch it though that one i'll probably skip but um this movie basically the company they take big box office franchises or movies and then they make their own low budget version so so, <laughs> so they're a porn company without the porn yeah <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, way it's it looked, like, yeah, it's basically yeah. It's just all, it's all the story with the Without different the name. <laughs> and Without the fluff. <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> or fluffer. <laughs> right. So, this one is called Fast and Fierce Death Race. There's a movie that came before it just called Fast and the Fierce. And it's supposed to be ripoffs from Fast and Furious franchise. And Death so, Race, apparently. Right. <laughs> So the first Fast and Furious came out in 2017. They're on a plane. It seemed more like um, less. It, 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 it wasn't any way related to Fast and Furious. There's no cars, no fast racing or anything. So the basic story of that is this guy's being, I guess, hassled to get some codes to this lady because his girlfriend or his wife is on a plane coming home because he was supposed to meet her for their honeymoon but didn't. But it's kind of like speed. 
yeah. with the airplane that can go below a certain altitude, otherwise they'll die, they'll blow up. So it felt more like like a speed ripoff than it did a Fast and Furious, and it's just terrible, terrible acting, um, a lot of twists that weren't necessary. Like you think this person is the terrorist? No, it's not this person. Well, it ends up being three people, three different people. But um, the biggest thing that I pulled from this was the main lady that was trying to hassle the the husband or boyfriend, or whatever, for the code. There's a point where you think she's dead. Like, I don't care about spoiling yeah. this. Like, she's supposed to die at the end. But then at the very end, there's like a little stinger where you see that she's alive. And I'm like, there's no way. Because she gets shot and falls over a railing. And there are at least a couple flights up. And, you know, she clearly dead. But then they show her at the end. I'm like, okay, that, yeah. <laughs> but it, it had nothing to do with Fast and Furious. It felt more like speed on the plane. Okay. So, but the actual movie that I that I actually watched and paid attention to, uh, Fast and Fierce Death Race, that was released this year, May nineteenth. So yeah. I guess with Fast and Furious being delayed, which I think it's actually going to come out August now, right? Uh, I have read, seen that. I think I, I may have misread it, but I'm hoping so. So yeah, go ahead. So this movie was supposed to come out, I guess, to coincide with that, but you know they released it anyway. Uh, it's 85 minutes, so it's short. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Uh, the director is Jared Cohn or Khan. Okay. Uh, stars Michael Dvorzen. He plays Jack. Then you have Jack Pearson playing Nelson, when those two are brothers. Uh, Paulina, uh, I'm going to butcher this. this uh, Guyen plays Bianca. Veronica Issa, Jillian, Nate Walker plays Mick. Becca Buckley. Weird name plays Nina, and then they actually pulled in DMX on this, which I think oh, they just, I think they yeah I think they just used his likeness to hopefully get people in because the poster he's very prominent on it. Yeah, okay. But the basic premise of this is in order to settle his brother Nelson's debt, Jack Tyson has to win a race that's from Mexico to California to do it. That's yeah. all he has to do. And of course, as I said, this is a blatant ripoff of Fast and Furious franchise movies, but it's not very good. Um, Jack is supposedly a legendary racer, but they don't really go into much detail about his history with racing. Um, Nelson, Jack's brother, is a compulsive gambler and just constantly stays in trouble. And Jack always has to come to the rescue. And now Nelson owes money to Davey, who's like this big boss that pretty much runs these races. And... So instead of him having Nelson pay him back or just killing him on the spot, he uses him to get Jack involved in the race because he's supposedly legendary, which, again, they never really go into. Yeah. Um, They show Jack appears to be suffering from PTSD from an accident that killed someone close to him. And in order to win this race, they must go through three checkpoints before the finish line. And Jack must be the one first place for each one. There's even a part where, like, the second the second um, checkpoint, he's clearly second, but I guess the plan is for him to win. So they have a, I guess, um, I wouldn't know what they call. They have people there at the checkpoint, and they call in to the headquarters, let them know, okay, Jack's here, first place. Um, it's real spotty. Like the, like, the checkpoints don't even matter. The race doesn't even matter at some point. Like, they just forget all about that. Because 
at the first checkpoint, Bianca, who's ex-girlfriend of Davey, stole a couple yeah. of flash drives that has information that could take Davey down. And that kind of becomes more of the focus. Um, and again, like I said, the race is forgotten about. Focus is more about the drives. And then at some point, they introduce Bianca's daughter, you know, which they never mentioned before, who's kidnapped and held captive to get the drives from her to keep Davey's business going and not have him go to jail. But um, it's just like all the acting in this was horrible. The, sh- the way it's shot is horrible. <laughs> the, um, the cars that they have, you can tell they're not really going as fast as they are. You know, you have them like <laughs> doing their thing they in the background. Have, they, they didn't have the stunt crew from uh, from uh, Extraction, huh? No, no, it's definitely not Extraction. <laughs> um, they had cameras and GPS following them, so they have a monitor showing them on the on yeah. the showing them the cameras, but you can tell in the background they're not moving; they're just sitting there, and it's just like, wow, this is just terrible. Um, the lead actor, Michael Divorce, and I say he gave the better performance yeah. of everybody; like he kind of gave it down, but everybody else was just like, uh, you know, DMX doing his normal grunting and growling. For the most part, he was kind of subdued, but then he had a couple moments where he got. Not uh, as good as his uh, performance in Cradle to the Grave with Jet Li. Oh yeah, that's that's much better. (laughs) (laughs) Much better. (laughs) And sadly, I actually really liked that. I actually really liked that movie. Yes. You know, for an action movie. Um, I don't even remember. That's terrible that I even remember the name of that title. (laughs) That movie's got to be almost twenty years, over twenty years old. Yeah, if not, it's close. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely close. Um, and at some point, for some reason, they kidnap uh, Davy, but they don't say why they're kidnapping him. He has this two to three women security that goes to rescue him. And while they're, I guess, killing <clears throat> the security, they don't show you actually doing this action. They just show them walking up steps where you can see the backside of their, because they're wearing these tight leather pants. Yeah. So that's all you see. You see them walking up the stairs slowly. You hear gunfire in the background and people getting shot. And it's just... It was, it was, yeah, it, it was bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I, I, uh, check because I figured, you know, I checked the internet. I'm like, okay, well, it's a lot, a lot of stuff hadn't been updated. Like the last articles about fast nine or F nine, nine, nine. Yeah. Um, rev nine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terminator meets passengers. Uh, getting close to getting close to them crossing over transformers i know right um so anyways uh so i checked the twitter because if anybody's going to know anything it'll be the twitter true that's god true. help us um uh so yeah no uh according to their official uh twitter account it's still not coming out till april next year okay uh let's see here hold on uh yeah it just says april 2021 however what you're thinking of is the Fast and Furious Crossroads uh, video game, which will be available for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on August 7th, 2020. Yeah. So. Yeah. That'll be a skip. Uh, I don't, bro. I'm looking at this picture though, and it's got uh, uh, that uh, Ford GT with the. Uh, it's got a Ford GT with the harpoon thing, with like a big giant looking. Uh, octangular shaped 
thing that it looks like it's safe. So it almost looks like it's borrowing from Fast Five. Okay. When they're going down there, so um, with two cars, I'm like, I might get that one. <laughs> it's like I might play that. That looks like a game I might play. I mean, I get York to play too. Right. Okay. Uh, so I might, I might get that one, and I, I'm not a gamer. Like, I, as much as I play Need for Speed on my on my iPad, I'm like. It's like I might get this one. I probably can't yeah. play it for squat because I try playing Need for Speed on Xbox and I'm trash on it. I'm yeah. like I like it to I like it the fact that I only need to use my thumbs on, on the iPad. That's it. true. There's literally everything for every single button. I can, that's too much. <laughs> it's simplistic. I just need simplicity. That's yeah, why I like to, it. button to okay. accelerate, a button to brake, and a button to turn. That's it. And the, yeah, to and the then drifting. you know maybe, maybe one button. to and then like. You know, a button and then the directional button for to uh, drift. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all I got to do. Yep. One Maybe turn. one button for like using your knocks to to yep. that's speed it. burst. That's yeah. <laughs> on the iPad, oh. it's on the iPad. <laughs> you just you hold your finger down to get to the RPMs before it starts, and then you go. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just you know you just drive, and it's just your left thumb to turn left, your right thumb to turn right, obviously. And then if you need to drift, you hold down the direction you want the front end of the car to go, and then you swipe down, and then your back end of your car drifts, you know, whips right. out and drifts, and that took me forever to learn, because I don't know why, but it did. Um, now it's like second nature. Um, and then if you want to use your, your turbo or whatever, you just swipe up, and that's it. I mean, even Grayson could do that. Wow. <laughs> or yeah, has done, actually. You're going you're gonna to do a racing on, on the phone. That's simple as you can get. Yeah. And so that's... That's the only game. That's the only like video game, video game, other you know that I play without you know York being involved. Um, yeah. That's the only one I play, and I wait till the kids go to bed. That's kind of what I use to kind of chill and get ready. Kind of, and then I've been and I've been playing that for a year, at least two plus years now. I've like maxed out, and it, it's kind of funny because you get to upgrade your parts and everything, and then. Um, once you get in, collect enough blueprints or whatever, you can upgrade your car to make it, you know, you just stage it up. And uh, I don't know jack about cars. I really don't even care to want to try and learn. I'm like, but you can, you can, you know, change the way it looks and then you can change the colors and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, I was, I'm like, oh, so this is what it's like to shop. <laughs> Shopping right. for matching outfits. You know, I want my tires to match my, the body paint. <laughs> Right. Do I want my brakes? Do I want my brake calipers to also look the same, or do I want them to contrast? <laughs> oh my god, it's funny, but it's it's funny and it's mindless and it's cheesy. But I, I mean, it's it's something to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, sorry to get off track there, but uh, okay. But yeah, uh, Fast Nine still April, unfortunately. Okay. And uh, but the video game out in August. So. Okay. Yeah, and then. Still on racing the car. It's only like, like you know, normal races you have about five, ten cars. It's only three cars in this race, three. And then the they car, can only, they can only the car, three. <laughs> right, and the car Jack has doesn't like it can go fast at all. And then the other, the cars just look cheap. When they get damaged, you don't see it. Like they wreck or whatever. It's got that CGI explosion. Um, There's a scene where someone wrecked. They literally just flip the picture, like. You know, you can tell he's not. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they cheap. turn the frame around. Yeah, turn the frame, and you just see the guy eyes bug out, and that's about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's all for that. That 
that's that's that on that. Um, so the second movie I watched, or a third movie, is called Atone. So I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay, this looks kind of decent. Uh, came out last year, February 17th, 89 minutes. So it, too, is short. Uh, the director's Wes Miller. Uh, it stars Columbus Short, which... That's his real name. Yeah, so <laughs> I remember That's... him from... Oh, uh, what's the movie? Crap, I can't think of right now. Um, Jacqueline Fleming, Robert Russler, Scott Elrod, and Steve- Stephen Farley, who is Seamus in WWE. Okay. When I saw him in this, I'm like, okay, I guess I know what we're getting into. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Columbus Short was in. He played Pooch in The Losers, which I absolutely love. If you like comic, but if you like action movies, you don't even have to like comic book movies. You seriously need to find The Losers. Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris I saw Evans that. Chris Evans in The Losers is the best part of that movie. I that's where I really started falling in love with him. Yeah, I was like, he is the best part about this movie. I absolutely love it. Oh my god, he's a he's hilarious. But yeah, uh, Columbus Short played uh, Pooch in Losers. He was in Stomp the Yard, uh, Whiteout, which is yeah, Whiteout, okay. which I really kind of like. I like the graphic novel more, but the Kate Beckinsale and um, the remake of uh, Death at a Funeral. So there you go. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Sure. Yeah, Stomp the Yard was a movie I was trying to think of. Yeah. But I've seen The Losers also. That was I, I did like that. I will actually watch that again. Um, so it's basically about a team of hijack. It's, it's not clear on what this is about. So I, from after watching, I kind of came up. It's a team of hijackers attempted to take over a church because of a dirty priest. Okay. Who's embezzling money. But what they didn't expect was that a former special ops soldier just stand in their way. That's the best thing I can come up with. <laughs> um, so it starts off where you have kind of like a fight club scenario where the lead actress, Jacqueline Fleming, walks up and she basically interjects herself into this fight. So he's fighting this big dude. And, you know, she's actually going toe to toe. You think some of the blows that he's hitting would probably knock her out. Just not yeah. because she's a woman, because he's literally like Giant. towers over her. And yeah, he's huge. Yeah. But the biggest thing that stood out for this, you're familiar with Street Fighter, right? The movie or the video game or both? The game, both. I mean, yes, all the yeah. above. Sorry. All, yes, so, all the above. the character Guile, you know he's got that flash kick. Mm-hmm. So, so at a certain point, she's fighting him. The next thing she knows, she does this flat, this flash kick, this Guile uh-huh. flash kick. And it, it just looks so, like, out of, like, it's out of nowhere. Like, she, she's just kind of standing yeah. there. The next cut, she does this flash kick. Knocks dude out. and Well, not knocks him out, but she knocks him back. Yeah, I was just like, okay, that that was random. Um, but she's basically dealing with some stuff. She's depressed. Like, there's a point in the fight that she actually lets the dude knock her out. Like, she just stands there, takes the punch, and she's out. So I'm like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she's dealing with losing her husband like a year ago. So it's just her and her daughter. And she's so depressed, it's gotten to where her daughter basically takes care of herself. She gets her food ready, her clothes ready, and everything. And um, But she's at a point where her dad's like, you know, you need to get back to it. So he's bringing her in to work at this church to kind of, I guess, not be doing anything. Just not be just laying around, not doing anything. So upon arrival, they have this meeting, and you have the pastor, his security detail, and a couple of financial advisors 
they're going over the name of the church and they may basically name it after her husband and she's kind of overwhelmed by it and excuses herself leaves to get some fresh air and while she's doing that that's when these hijackers start taking over the church they cut the power and you know she's trying to get back in but the doors are locked so one of the odd things is she goes to the side door and there's a guy there with a mask who clearly doesn't belong but her reaction to it is real kind of just calm. It's like, hey, I need to get in. Um, uh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just trying to get back in. But she's not really reacting to the fact this dude's got a mask on. So obviously he's up to no good. Yeah. So before that, she drops her daughter off at school. What kind of, wait, what kind huh? of mask? What kind of mask? You it's just be trying to not get COVID. <laughs> it's, a full, it's a full face mask. Okay, he's just some being of, extra then. He's just yeah, being extra. Some of them kind of look like Michael Myers almost, just kind of, oh, okay. not necessarily a, it's like a face mask, it's not a full yeah. cover, but just yeah, the front. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so she had taken her daughter to school and left her bike and told her to go straight home after school. She turns around and she sees her daughter's bike posted up on a tree by the building. And she's like, my thought was like, why did she come to the, to, to the building? She told her to stay at school. Yeah. So now she's panicking because, okay, I can't get in. This dude in the mask is not letting me in. But apparently, a door she probably that she somehow didn't test when she was in the front of the building, she noticed it hadn't been changed. So she runs around. Now, this door opens out, but somehow she busts in and the door opens in and knocks the guy down that's trying to lock the door. Yeah. So that didn't, didn't really make sense. Um, so once inside, you know, they're trying to get her to take her out. But... The action sequences in this are very over the top. Like when the fight sequence, she does the 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 guile yeah. flash kick. This other scene, she's the she got she's trying to evade gunfire. She's going towards the railing and she's up at least a few few flights. So she does she she has a gun herself, but she does a flip over the railing and it's very poorly shot. And she starts, I guess, doing her Trinity express impression, shooting at the her assailants. And she lands on the ground. You think she's dead, right? No. Yeah. They look over the railing and she's gone. There's two times in this where she got shot. I'm for sure she got shot, but there's no damage. She's kind of like Steven Seagal in this. Yeah. Um, and toward the end, she clearly gets shot. Again, falls over the railing and she's out. Like she's done. Like, I'm thinking, okay, well, she's dead. This is going to be one of those movies where nobody survives. And the next thing you know, she's up. Like, just Terminator. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she okay. She got some of that Rev 9, bro. Something. She got that Rev 9 in her. But, um, yeah, the sound in this is bad. Cause they had this, 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 like, swelling music coming up to, yeah. to give you the intensity of the scene. And all of a sudden, it just cuts. Like, there's no, just abrupt cut. No sound. Uh, they have a couple of scenes where they keep the camera on the actress too long. Like, they show Seamus. They pull the camera around. He gets some kind of instructions in his earpiece, and he's like, okay, I'm on it. He stands up, puts his backpack on, and they literally show him fully walk around the corner. That's like a good 10, 15 seconds, like, cut. I'm like, cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't need to see all that. There's a scene at the beginning where they first enter the church where they have a long shot showing her and the security detail, her dad and the pastor 
she's walking away from the camera and they're walking towards the camera and the pastor's walking upstairs. Like this is like a long shot. And then the voiceover with them talking is just pretty bad. Like you can tell it's just like, I guess something they did post, but they didn't mix it well with the video. So yeah. it's really out of place. And um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a decent movie. Now I will say Columbus short did give a good performance. Yeah. Like I kind of want to see it, the movie following him yeah. because basic thing is, He's he knows this pastor's not good. Apparently they've got like four million dollars that he's holding on to and he's not really using to help the community because um one of the members has been given money for the past twenty years, you know, his tithes. Okay. So he loses his job, comes to the church, they don't help him. He ends up losing everything. But the last straw was this old woman who was sick, and the only thing she asked the pastor to do was to come to her bedside and pray. You know, just hold her hand and pray, say a prayer for her. Couldn't even do that. Come to find out, it's Columbus Source's mom. So that's uh, what kind of motivates him to do what he's doing. Gotcha. Um, still doesn't make sense, though. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, but um, as far as the performance, Columbus Short, Jacqueline Fleming, just, you know, yeah, their talent it wasn't used wisely in this. You know, they I feel like they could do do more. You know, Columbus Short is proven that in other movies, and this is the first movie I've seen with Jacqueline Fleming, but I just feel like they were wasted here. They could have just had anybody else in their role. Then yeah. It would have been a complete piece of, you know, garbage it was <laughs> by the end. Right. But, you know, it's a movie that I thought was going to be good, but it ended up not being so great. But at least those two performances kind of stood out, even with the over-the-top action. Yeah. Being shot, should have, you know, there's no, no damage whatsoever. Like she hit some kind of cheat code to yeah right. <laughs> up up down down left right left right, right. <laughs> um so I managed to watch a couple movies that you had watched so I was gonna give two cents on that yep drop it in I uh, got Doolittle um it yeah did that, that, yeah I did very very little um I just kind of had it on I would peep in at stuff every now and then. Um, the most interesting thing about the movie was the animated backstory they gave at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want that story. Right. And keep it animated. Maybe if this had been animated, it would have been a little better. But, but um, if you're thinking from, I mean, for adults, yeah, it's not going to. But you have to kind of keep in mind, yeah. it's not made for us, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So if you, but think I mean, about, you have to think about it from, like, my five-year-old daughter's standpoint, who loved it. Yeah. Perfect for her. For us, no, it's trash. Yeah, yeah. So the end, the dragon scene. Yeah. I was curious how they like. I mean, they kind of show it in a trailer, so I guess it's not really a spoiler. Where he literally, I guess the dragons, you know, I guess when you eat the wrong things, you get compacted where you can't. You're not regular. So he's trying to help the dragon out by relieving. Yeah. pressure you know and it just seemed odd like it was, it was just, weird yeah i'm like weird choice I'm like we don't we didn't want to change that right i'm like you're you're st- he's sticking his hand there yep it's an ex- extra clean dragon because there's no kind of no dirt no nothing you know just a bunch of gas but yep so i guess because no fiber to diet I guess it's not like it. no, because it was all <laughs> it was all iron. Like, yeah, it was, um, he had too much iron. <laughs> yeah, 
or steal it. Armor and yeah. a bagpipe. I'm like, yeah. okay. All right. So, yeah. I mean, for that being the first movie Robert Downey Jr. did after Endgame, that wasn't great <laughs> for, no, from my but, standpoint. But for kids. Right. So for yeah, kids. Yeah. Kids will yeah. like it. Though. Yeah. yeah. It's, this one's not made for us. Yeah. <laughs> this is not... That's why it's mm-hmm. a kids movie, not a family movie. Yeah, yeah. This is this is strictly kids, <laughs> for kids. Yeah, um, for kids, my daughter's age. So yeah, young. Because um, my son wouldn't have liked it either. He would have thought, "Oh my gosh, daddy, I can't believe you made me go see this." Right. And again, he maybe he would like it. I don't know. I honestly, that boy is an enigma when it comes to trying to figure out what movies he likes. Right. So. But yeah, I was I was glad I skipped that in the theater. Even with the regal pass, I would have been like, "Oh no!" <laughs> no. If you would have taken a, if you would have taken Grayson, she would have loved it. <laughs> you would have had a better time. Just yeah, just saying. Um, then I watched Spencer Confidential last night, and um, I thought it was pretty decent. It wasn't anything, right? You know, it wasn't crazy. It was perfect for Netflix. It was a Netflix again, movie. again. It's not no extraction. extraction. <laughs> yeah, no extraction, but it was cool. Hashtag um, no, no extraction. You know, I like how with like when I watched the trailer, I kept getting Ant Man vibes when they were showing the the jail scene. You know, yeah. like I was like it kind of felt like that. Yeah. Um. The the chemistry between Mark Wahlberg and um oh I'm horrible with names right now. Um, I just thought overall Winston was good. Duke or, uh, or yeah, Winston, Winston, yeah, Winston yeah Winston Duke. Winston. So I like, you know, when they first met, there was there was tension because he thought, oh, I'm gonna get my room back, my own room, but yeah. he's got a roommate. I'm glad they didn't like try to make that the bulk of the movie of them just yes. fighting each other. It was just, all right, I gotta deal with this. Cool. <laughs> I'm I'm going to whether he's going to Arizona, I'm out of here. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um well King Woodbine is definitely the evil Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> That's right. what I kept I kept thinking. I'm like, man. Because they weren't they in four brothers together too. Wahlberg, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. So or no, that was Tyrese, I think. Tyrese, yeah, yeah, Tyrese. okay, okay. So there I go. I'm Why do I remember all that? <laughs> but anyway, um, come on, Patrick, don't be a racist. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been so long since I've seen that movie, but I felt they've been in something before. They might have. Um, there was a scene. When they went to he was when he was in the Mexican restaurant ordering food and a fight scene. So he's fighting dude, he sticks him with the little receipt holder, yeah. and then he pulls him over the counter. I, fl- I watched this scene several times. That was horrible. It was a stunt that it was a stunt dude. It was clearly a stunt dude. White oh, dude in yeah. the wig. It's supposed to be he's supposed to be what, Samoan? And then when they show him getting pulled over, I'm like, man, that, they didn't do that so well. They they didn't they didn't edit it well or they didn't shoot it well because it was obvious yeah. that that it was like old eighty stuff where yeah. it's a fight scene. Uh, this dude's definitely not who we saw. Bruh, but I, they were in the big they were in the big hit together. Bokeem Woodbine and okay. uh, Mark. I just remember he okay. had the. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I knew they had been in a movie together. I just get just got the wrong name. Yep, just got the wrong movie. Um. But yeah, that scene that scene in the in the in the restaurant stood out. Like I watched it a couple times, and I was just I was I was, I was, I was part of the hardest I laughed. I'm like, come yeah. on, <laughs> I got to do better with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall it was pretty decent. It wasn't wasn't terrible. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a fine watch to just have something on and enjoy. Yeah. No, it's not anything like. It's not again. 
it's no extraction, but it's no. it's <laughs> but it's 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 watchable. It's not um you know it's um not unbearably terrible. No, it's good and, it came out beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I had a more positive review. Of it. Yes. <laughs> if I would watch the after extraction, now I'd be like, this is this crap. Yeah, it's so. horrible. Um, and so the last movie I managed to watch Scoob. Scoob oh, okay. exclamation awesome. point. So I did. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy it. Um, I did like the intro, how Shaggy and Scooby met, and then how yeah. the rest of the gang all came together as a crew. Um, I did like the voice actor for the most part, but even though I was kind of excited to hear, oh, well, not excited, but I was kind of like, okay, Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman. Yeah, yeah I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like his voice <laughs> at all. It's okay. Uh, so that was kind of a low point as far as the voice acting goes. Um. Let's see. So, and then I saw how they kind of changed the Blue Falcon character a little bit, but considering what they did with it, I, I can kind of see why they... No, it wasn't really Blue Falcon. It was Dynamut. They kind of changed his character. Yeah. But considering what they did with Blue Falcon, I can understand how they kind of flipped it. Yeah, and well, and I, I actually liked what they did. Yeah, I mean, it worked. They gave him his own like, story. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah was... not more, but his, you know, they... And they gave him a story to help develop and you yeah. know and, you know uh, and used the uh, the used the gang to help you know uh, motivate and kind of um, develop his storyline better and yeah yeah no I really liked it actually I like I like what they did with it yeah because before I watched this I did watch a review and they they were kind of going in on this movie <laughs> they didn't like it at all. So, it's not for adults. It's, no, for kids. No, like, no. it's a family movie. Duh. I of course you're going to go. Like if I was doing it as an, watching it with, if I was trying to watch it, like I was watching, say Spencer confidential or one of the other ones we've watched. Yeah. yeah. I would go in, I would go, go in hard on it. It's not for, but that's not the point. It's for kids. <laughs> so I think they were, they were more coming from the standpoint of, you know, Hannah Barbera, how it was and, how they were trying to, I guess, recapture things. But anyway, point yeah. is, I like, I like. Yeah. It. it didn't, it didn't affect my thinking of it. But yeah, Tracy Morgan's voicing was the only low point as far as the voice yeah, acting. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of miscast also. Because it was just really, him talking. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's Tracy Morgan. I can't do yeah. Tracy Morgan. I, yeah. I'm it, just, it was just, it was just him having a conversation with somebody. <laughs> yeah. It. Um. <laughs> I really. I'm really I the one thing I was sad about is that they didn't even approach Matthew Willard to voice Shaggy. They just went to straight to Will Forte. Yeah. I mean maybe and he did okay. That, that kind of sucks. Because Matthew Willard Willard's been voicing Shaggy on the animated stuff since he was since he was in the first live action movie. Like he became okay. the voice of Shaggy in all the animated stuff from then mm-hmm. on out. Maybe so he's scheduling. been voicing Shaggy for almost 20 years. Yeah, maybe it was a scheduling issue. No. <laughs> they just didn't want to put him in. No. Uh, uh, he's like, no, I would have loved it if they would have asked me. Ah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of hard to do it when they don't even ask you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I did That's like that. how they. Yeah, I did like how they did the the throwback the intro to the old Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. I did like that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> kind of put in put a little new 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 tinge to it but then they showed some elements of the old intro i enjoyed yeah. that and i also like the uh 
little small Easter eggs of <clears throat> of DC comic book heroes during the Halloween scene because Warner Brothers and DC have a, a, a kind of like Marvel and Disney almost, but yeah. Warner Brothers and DC. So when they're out Halloween, and you see all these different people dressed in different DC superhero costumes and stuff. Daphne's Wonder but, Woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I I enjoyed it too, and Grayson's rewatched it a couple of times since then. So yeah, so I thought it's a. This is definitely a good family movie. Yeah, uh, definitely will, enjoy it. Definitely yeah. better than Doolittle. Yeah, kids <laughs> will enjoy it. Adults will have fun. Yeah, and then I was like, you know, it's perfect for streaming. And then you know, since it's, no, no, not able to go to the theater, but also if they were to put it in the theater, it'd be a cool summer five dollar movie day. Oh. Shoot, yeah. Uh, yeah. When theaters get back moving again, I can easily see them putting this as one of their like summer bargain movies, yeah. you know, that they show for just specifically for kids. Yeah. Because yeah. we used to take, because I used to take both kids to those movies, you know, even though it's movies we already own. It's just something about the experience of seeing it on a huge screen with other right. people. That and the sound, just being yeah, in just, it. I yeah, it. just being a part of it. Me too. <laughs> I agree. But it'd be a while before I decide I want to go back. Um, yeah. Once it's late, <laughs> late, right. late, nobody there. Yeah. Um, you know, like it used to be. <laughs> yeah. It'll be one of those. I like, get to the theater. Like, how many people purchased this movie? Like, yeah. Oh, maybe one or two. All right, I go. <laughs> yeah. Or right. we've got a full house. Ah, never mind. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> Not today, Satan. <laughs> yeah. And then that's that's it for what I have. Okay. Yeah. Um, real quick, a uh, couple of trailers, and then we'll get out. Um. So the uh, one I've been wanting to talk about because I follow the director on on the Twitter where I, where really the only reason I'm ever on Twitter is so I can rage tweet because that's apparently what Twitter's for. But then I do it because also nobody I know is on Twitter, so I, just, I don't do it on Facebook. I do it on Twitter where it's supposed to be. <laughs> which right. really I don't even rage tweet. I just snark. I just put snarky remarks and you know that's as far as I go. Um, anyways. Um, so there's a movie coming out this year. I'm not sure. Well, it says release date July 2nd, but I don't know if that's still a current thing. Right. Um, but what I do understand is that it's still going to be released. Actually, no, it is going to be released July 2nd. I know this for a fact, and I'll tell you how I know about this. Um, so the movie's called The Outpost. It's based on a book. Um, it's about. It's based on true life events. Um Based on the book by Jake Tapper, it's a small team of U.S. soldiers battle against hundreds of Taliban fighters in Afghanistan. So, the reason why uh, it's directed by Rob Lurie, who also directed one of my favorite movies uh, from 2000. God, that movie is 20 years old. Um, called The Contender with Joan Allen. One of my all-time favorite. It's such a good dramatic movie, story-wise, acting. I absolutely love the way it's shot. Um, it's just one of those that I, it's kind of a tough subject, but it's, but I still find, but yet the way it's shot and done, it's still very rewatchable. Um, he also did the, he was the, uh, hold on one second. Two shakes. Um, trying to see here what he's done. So he did the remake of straw dogs with James Marsters. Um, He, uh, let's see, Resurrecting the Champ, which was a boxing movie. 
He's done some TV. He directed The Last Castle that was shot here and at the state prison. Okay. The old state prison off of uh, Centennial there where Green Mile was also shot. Um, but yeah. And he sh- and then The Contender, which is one of my favorite, favorite movies. So Rob Lurie, who's a director, is also a uh, former is also former military. So he has a personal attachment to the story. Right. In the sense that he was also former military. So, you know, it's also going to be shot about as accurately as it can be, because he wants to be as faithful as possible to the fallen soldiers from this incident. Uh, the movie's got Orlando Bloom, Scott Eastwood, Caleb Landry Jones. Like it's got a good cast. Um, anyways, it, uh, <clears throat> the reason why it's going to be released July 2nd is that while they were filming, I forgot what country they were in, but they, while they were, I think Bulgaria or something like that, while they were filming, uh, his son felt his son, who was around the same age as the, as the soldiers that were being portrayed in this movie, mm-hmm. um, was about to die like he was on an, and so he had to fly back from bulgaria to go to the hospital and his dad basically his son said you know you need to or one of his so his son ends up passing away so he was there he was able to be there <clears throat> he passed away on july 2nd and it occurred to him that he was the same age as the people that as these soldiers that passed away at this incident and so he felt that it was important for this movie to come out on July 2nd because because of the of the symbolism and that his other you know his his other kids told him that he needed to go back and finish filming this movie because right. that's what his son would want. Mm-hmm. And so he did. <clears throat> it's a I mean it's a whole Twitter feed about how I found out about the story. It's it really broke my heart and just you know just made me just uh really feel something uh, just broke my heart and everything. I can't wait to see this movie because I think it's going to be shot really well because right. of his history um, of other films, as well as just his personal uh, journey with this movie in that also how he uh, just the subject matter and his history being former military. I think it's going to be done. I think it's going to be turned out to be better than what, Maybe some people expect. Right. <clears throat> so anyways, that one I may actually go see in theater. Um, okay. Even though I really don't want to go back to theaters just yet. But um, if ours right. open by then, then I probably will go um, to support him and the film. If not, I'll just go ahead and just buy a ticket and maybe not go. Right. You know, if I don't feel comfortable. So, but I want to at least support it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll be sure to post that trailer on our page or on our on our website. Uh, next one is um, the next one is Vienna in the in the Phantoms. F A N T O M E S. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a roadie travels across North America with a punk rock band during the '80s, starring Dakota Fanning, Evan Rachel Wood, Zoe Kravitz, John Bernthal, Cable Blanger Jones, like another big cast. Um, so kind of got a silly title but i guess we'll find out um next one we are freestyle love supreme 
which is a documentary about uh, that chronicles Lin Manuel Miranda's pre Hamilton improv hip hop group. Uh, Freestyle Love Supreme in their reunion performances in New York City in 2019. So uh, that'll be available June 5th on Hulu. Okay. Um, and then lastly, Spilling the Dream, uh, another documentary that chronicle, uh, it's a chronicle of the ups and downs of four Indian American students as they compete to realize their dream of winning the iconic Spelling Bee Tournament. And that'll be on Netflix June 3rd. Boom. And there you go. That's what we got, man. It's a, All right. Kind of a little bit of an extended episode today. Um, but, you know, we got it, though. Yeah. So, all right, man. I think that's all I got. All so, right. Uh, I'm going to try to watch better movies this week. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> uh, I haven't figured out what I'm going to watch yet. I'll have to yeah. play by ear. Um, there's one I've been wanting to watch that's on Hulu called Wild Rose. That's about a Scottish girl that's wanting to make it big in Nashville. It's a country music singer. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been on my back burner for a while. I may actually watch that this week. If I was smart, I would have held off on Bluebird and just done the two as a con- as a companion piece. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, one thing I do want to point out to listeners, um, Patrick and I are working on trying to figure out doing a watch party on Netflix with a Netflix movie. Um, and so we're going to get together, maybe pick a list of both of us are going to probably try and pick some movies on Netflix and then we'll, um, we'll put it out there and do a poll to see which one uh, you guys would want to join us with. Um, and be, you know, being ingratiated. We all watch the movie together one Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Um, and we'll uh, we'll pick it, and then we'll have fun watching it together and write snarky comments. So, because uh, <laughs> there'll have to be one that we can have fun with, not one that's like super serious and yeah, all that. So nobody, that's no fun. Um, <laughs> so we'll maybe one of those movies that's so bad it's good, or something like that. Yeah. Or so cheesy, you know. Right. Or cheesy. So we'll figure it out. Um, if you have any suggestions, please let us know. We'll we are always up for that. Um, and lastly, um, I forgot to do this at the, from the, from the jump, um, cause had more important things talking about, um, or more, at least important on a serious note. Um, but I didn't want to go this episode without thanking, uh, Patrice and Marlena. They, uh, from the strange South podcast, they, I, uh, suggested, um, if everybody remembers from last episode, I talked about, uh, the house in between about the haunted house in Florence, Mississippi. Um, I suggested it to them, and Patrice ended up using it as uh, the story she talked about for uh, the current episode of their podcast. Um, so if you uh, haven't watched the documentary yet or kind of hesitant or just want to wait till it comes to some sort of streaming, um, I would recommend listening to episode, I believe, 62 this week. And uh, it's the first story they talk about. Um, Patrice kind of delves a little bit more a little bit deeper into the uh, into uh, into the story and the research done there. So thank you to our uh, we got a shout out. So I want to shout give them a shout out back for you know for uh, doing that story. So right. yeah. So uh, shout out to the Strange South. If you're not listening, you should because it's fun. All right, brother. I think we're good. Alrighty. All right. Sounds good. But, all right. Uh, for <laughs> myself, Jeff Hall and. 
Patrick Terry. We will talk to you all next week.